all the time with my clients. I'll give them uh, the just 10 big breaths in through the nose, expand that belly out through the mouth. And that just resets them, uh, drops their heart rate down to this minimal kind of anxiety arousal sweet spot. And they, they are able to get into that flow state that we need to be in for those big uh, meetings in front of boards where we need to be when you're on your BMX and going up a half pipe or I'm, I'm, uh, I need when I'm going into a, a six foot wave and, and surfing now. And like, that's just the, the necessary stuff, stuff to, to get us to, um, the flow state that I, I, I strive for. We all want to get to in some space. Hi, I'm Pete McCall and welcome to this episode of the all about fitness podcast. That voice you heard in the introduction is a good friend of mine and personal trainer by the name of Sam Barry. On this episode, Sam and I catch up. I've had Sam on as a guest before. And on this episode, Sam and I catch up and we talk about training and movement and something that we never really thought we'd be talking about in the context of exercise, and that's breathing. <laughs> you know, think about it, folks. Everybody's breathing right now. If you're listening to this podcast, more, more than likely, the chances are that you're breathing. And if you're not breathing, that means you're either dead or you've converted to a zombie and we got other issues going on. But on this episode of All About Fitness, Sam and I caught up. Uh, I, was out, I was doing a little bit of workout with him. He was putting me through a functional movement screen. We described what that is. But I wanted to have this interview with Sam because I wanted you to hear kind of how fitness changes as we get a little bit older, as we get a little more mature, as we get into our 40s. You know, Sam and I, you know, again, not to stay on the rugby theme, but Sam and I met through rugby and we're both strength and conditioning coaches and we're both, you know, big into weightlifting. But now that you know Sam is in his early 40s and I'm in my late 40s, we both are taking a different approach to fitness than we did in the past. And also, you know, what I talk about with Sam is breath work. Sam has done a lot of work, you know, getting into breathing and understanding the muscles that control breathing. On this episode of All About Fitness, it's going to be all about breathing and the role that breath work plays and breathing plays in all types of exercise. If you want to get stronger, you know, learning how to control your breathing might help. If you want to reduce your stress, learning how to control your breathing might help. So it's something you might not think about. And on this episode, I really want to kind of raise your awareness of the fact that maybe you should be paying attention to your breathing. So it really is a lot of fun. I always, Sam is one of my really good friends in the fitness industry. He is just a phenomenal guy. And it really, we have a great short conversation, but it's a great conversation about the role of fitness in our 40s. And more importantly, about why you should be paying attention to your breath when you're exercising. I'm Pete McCall of the All About Fitness Podcast. I'm catching up with my good friend, personal trainer, Sam Barry. Now, Sam, you just put me through a little bit of a, a functional movement screen. Why do, you, why do you use the FMS? It's just a good uh, uh, check and balance on uh, what I'm providing for programming and making sure what movements I'm giving my clients are the great ones because I don't want to waste time with unnecessary stuff. People have things to do and want to go and and do the performance and programming. I want to have kind of the minimal effective dose for uh, whatever they need to get done to make sure they're moving well and and have acceptable ranges of motion. 
Now, for listeners, the, the, what what Sam is talking about is understanding like how the body moves. And one of the reasons why I want to talk to Sam is, is kind of you'll see where we go with this conversation. Is I've known Sam for a number of years now, and Sam's a few years younger than me. He's been he's been a trainer. He's been a fabulous trainer in Boston and San Diego. And he actually he's one of these people where he's now living in Maine, but still trains people in San Diego. And your primary how would you how would you describe your primary demographic of clients? It really depends on the location. Uh, when I'm in Maine, I've got a population of uh, you know uh, active aging, 60 to 85, uh, multiple hip replacements or, or knee replacements or shoulder replacements or stenosis or uh, chronic uh, back uh, pathology. Uh, when I get to San Diego, it's people that have been proactively fit and, and athletic for a lot of their life, and they just want to. Uh, be a little bit more efficient with with their their training and, and better, you know, not starting more like improving. Well, and and that's one of the things now. One of the reasons why for listeners, one of the reasons I want to talk to Sam is Sam is about to turn a big birthday this year, and he's been training. He, you've been a trainer for a long time. I've known Sam a long time. And one of the things I want to kind of get your input is now that you're turning, now that you're turning the corner, you're going to be over forty. You've been a rugby player. You've been a hockey player. You've been extremely active. And for most of your career, your clients have been over the age of 40. Now that you're turning it, do you have a new appreciation? Do you feel the changes in your body? And what are you feeling? Oh, yeah. That's, that's uh, you know, training clients in the, that are, you know, middle-aged when I was in my 20s, it, you know, I just would assume that they could do certain things that, uh, you know, you, you don't have a real appreciation for. And, and now that you're, that I'm, I'm getting at that age, it's like, wow, okay, now I get it. That's that that hurts when you do something <laughs> that it used to not hurt you know and it's uh it, it gives a little bit more uh, humility to your programming and you know in your 20s you don't have nearly the responsibilities you had or even in the in your early 30s but you know now that you have house and you you've got a family and, and all these other things what is the minimal effective dose to make sure i'm not waking up and going for ibuprofen and and feeling really good every morning and being well rested and and uh doing all the other the stuff not just the working out really hard and, and pushing myself to the limits and and it's just i make sure that uh i've got a, a real uh empathy for my clients now and and uh making sure that whatever minimal effective dose they're getting and what exercise i'm giving them it's got the highest return on investment for their time and see, that's a great, and one of the reasons why I want to have this conversation with you too, is you've gone down a different path the last couple of years in terms of different type of work. And again, I like having this conversation because let's face it, a lot of us got into this fitness industry. You and I had the same mentor, the same strength and conditioning coach as our mentor. So we come from a big weight, explosive power background, right? Yep. I mean, that's really where we're and Plus we were both rugby players. Yep. So that's been our bias is our bias has been strength and performance training for rugby. So now how do you, how do you, as you look at programming now for yourself, as you get into your forties and now that you're feeling this for, how is that, how is your philosophy towards your clients? First of all, is it changing and how is it changing? Yeah, I used to do a lot of big lifts and and a lot of heavy weights. And my my training philosophies now are uh, more uh, of the kind of move nat natural movement stuff. I, I think Irwan has done an amazing job uh, putting that stuff together with his the practice of natural movement. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of the breath work that uh, functional movement systems has been doing has uh, really changed some of that. Uh, 
restriction that I've gained from a lot of injuries from playing rugby in my shoulders. And uh, I, I, the, the recovery component has been a, the most important part for me is not just kicking my butt and then going eating some crap and having a beer afterwards. It's doing the regeneration, doing the recovery, keeping the mobility in my hips, my T-spine, and my ankles where it should be. And because I've got plenty of stability from all the stuff we did playing rugby, you know, uh, it's not... Uh, it's not about the load, it's more about the quality of the movement and having really good control of those movements. And see, that's what I think, that's what I've noticed, Sam, in my 40s, is I'm not as much concerned about the magnitude of how much I'm lifting or the volume of how much I'm lifting. I just want what I'm doing not to hurt. Like, yeah. I want to be able to do a workout yeah. and wake up the next day. And, and yeah, you feel the workout, but you're not, like, feeling the workout, not in pain. Correct. Just from, from doing that. And that's really where, you know, we're talking about this stuff a little bit earlier, you know, before we started recording. And it's just, I want people to understand of like that mindset change, because you've gotten a lot more into breath work the last couple of years. And what I loved what you did this past year on your Instagram feed was you showed how you're using it. What were you doing on your Instagram feed and why were you doing that? So I've uh, uh, gotten really into the Wim Hof method uh, and went to a fundamentals course here in Encinitas at the gathering. Check it out. Okay. He's great. Uh, Reese uh, does a great job with his fundamentals course. And I read the book, What Doesn't Kill Us by Scott Carney. Fantastic book. Good read. And just started doing the, the practice there on my own and doing my own experimenting with it. And uh, the breath work and, and creating this different biochemistry and alkalinity in my body has really helped me uh, with my heart rate variability, my immune system, my recovery work, and uh, just not being as sore as I used to be from workouts. And I, I do the cold water immersion. Uh, where I'm living in Maine is on a beautiful uh, bay called Merry Meeting Bay. And it, uh, you know, fresh water feeds out into the Gulf of Maine, but it freezes every winter. So I have the opportunity to uh, chip a hole in the ice, <laughs> dive right in and hang out for a few minutes at a time. And it's really cool because I, you get out of your prefrontal cortex, you know, the maestro of the orchestra, telling everybody else what to do because it's, you know, what tells us what's right or wrong or good or bad. And, you know, cold water is not a bad thing for you. In fact, it's a very good thing for your body. It helps reduce inflammation. And we all know with all the research coming out that inflammation is the precursor to all disease and in all, most injuries. So if you can minimize and reduce your inflammation in your body by going and taking just a cold shower for 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever you can, can you can manage and focus on your breathing. Not only are you you're, uh, suppressing inflammation, you're increasing your immune system's uh, tolerance to different viruses. You're also uh, able to uh, control uh, emotional responses and things. And so there's, there's just a spectrum of benefit from getting out of your prefrontal cortex and, and, embracing your you know reptilian mind and, and getting past that and it's kind of a hack into meditation i have a really hard time sitting still for any more than five minutes ten minutes but this breathing and and uh breath work and the cold water immersion is a great catalyst to getting into focusing on your breath and nothing else and see this is what what i find fascinating because Cognitively, I understand the importance of breath work, right? Like, I get the importance of it. It just, it's, I haven't taken the time to go down this deep dive 
it, it's just it's just bandwidth, right? I just haven't because I'm not doing the same thing that you're doing, working with clients day in day out. I haven't had the need to apply it specifically like you have. Right. Now the question that I like to ask, you know, meatheads like us, I guess I should put us as recovering. Would you qualify yourself as a meathead or recovering meathead? Formally known as. Formally known as. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we're both. But did you ever think? Did you ever think, Sam, when you were studying for your MS and CSCS, did you ever think that you'd focus some of your workouts on purely breathing? No, not at all. And how's that changed? Like, how has this introduction and, and going down this journey with breath work, how has that opened up, like, your approach towards other components of fitness? It makes those lifts way more efficient. And each rep, each set has way or, uh, way higher return on investment. You know, I would, you know, you do your five by fives back in the day and, and do a bunch of uh, power and, and uh, slow speed strength stuff. And that was... All well and good, but it took three days for me to get back to some level of normalcy. If I do any level of that now, I'm good in, in 36 hours. Really? Because I'm doing the recovery work that I need and, and feeling the strength gains really quickly. And now, like, what's a basic, like, I've heard different things, like you have the crocodile breathing. Like, what would be a basic, if somebody's listening to this and they, if somebody's listening to this and they just want like a basic little breathing pattern, what could a basic little breathing pattern be? Laying on your back in a supine position with your legs up on a wall or up on a chair or an ottoman, whatever, just sit laying passively in a supine 90-90 position and focusing on, uh, you know, breathing into your belly first, putting your hands on your belly and trying to inhale through the nose and expand through the diaphragm uh, to the anterior, to the front, into your belly button. Do that for, you know, five, 10 breaths and not letting it go apical up into the collarbones and, and the, the chest. Then going into kind of putting your hands on your love, your hands on your love handles and breathing out laterally and not letting the belly go up. So you're getting that lateral diaphragmatic kind of expansion. And, and then trying to breathe posteriorly and breathing into the floor. You know, I, I pose this to uh, uh, trainers that I'm teaching with ACE uh, at the sports performance uh, workshops that I do and the movement-based exercise. I ask them who have the best VO2 maxes out of all elite athletes. And they all say swimming, this, that, or the other thing. And it's those that train for the Tour de France. Hmm. And if you think about their posture, they're in this super kyphotic rounded position, but they're hammering up the Pyrenees, the, the, the Alps and, and through France at work rates that baffles. And that's, you pause real quick. I like that you bring up the tour. I am not a fan of cycling, but I love watching the tour every summer because when you look at the amount, the volume of work they do and the intensity that they maintain that effort level, 35 miles an hour for 120 miles. And then they drop a freaking 800 meter sprint. The last, you know, the last 30 seconds is just all out, yep. like in your freaking, to me. So I love the fact that you're referencing the tour. So for listeners, obviously you can tell like I geek a little bit because if you want to look at like the ultimate human performance, like just in terms of like looking at power, VO2, then look at watch, especially early stages of the tour when they're jamming out 80 to 120 miles and then they're sprinting the last thousand meters. That's the power stuff and all that's great, but the mindset and getting past that prefrontal cortex and breathing that they have to do, they're breathing posteriorly through their diaphragm because they can't open up here. They're going lateral and they're going through the posterior diaphragm and, and doing stuff that 
I couldn't imagine doing myself personally. I, that, that takes decades of training and discipline of work. And now you're talking about the prefrontal cortex and that being the decision maker. Why is us getting past that? You know, you're talking about the breath work, being able to kind of maybe disassociate. Why would that be important in a, in a competition like, like the tour? That's getting into the whole sports psychology right. stuff and the anxiety arousal thing. And, and a lot of times that prefrontal cortex gets us uh, over aroused and increases our anxiety. And so we get this, you know, um, over sympathetic nervous system response, which, you know, defeats the purpose of where we want to be in our, the right kind of uh, anxiety arousal sweet spot, so to speak. Well, and the reason why I ask, because a lot of people and for listeners, when you get stressed, it's usually that prefrontal cortex, right, that starts dumping the Big cortisol time. and the epinephrine and starts giving. Yeah. So theoretically, if people during exercise, if you push your clients at a high intensity and you're working with them on some breathing patterns, could you help them control their overall anxiety and stress? Is that something they could replicate at work? Like before, like say you have a client who's going to give a presentation to the board and you've been working with him in the, in the weight room or her in the weight room. We'll say her. You've been working with her in the weight room. She can lift a ton of weight. She's working on her breathing patterns. How could she use that knowledge or use that, you know, that, that kind of that confidence before she gave a presentation if she had to give it to her board of directors? I do that all the time with my clients. I'll give them uh, the, just 10 big breaths in through the nose, expand that belly out through the mouth, and that just resets them, uh, drops their heart rate down to this minimal kind of anxiety arousal sweet spot, and they, they are able to get into that flow state that we need to be in for those big uh, meetings in front of boards where we need to be when you're on your BMX and going up a half pipe or I'm, I'm uh, I need when I'm going into a, a six foot wave and, and surfing now. And like, that's just the, the necessary stuff, stuff to, to get us to um, the flow state that I, I, I strive for. We all want to get to at some space. I don't know if you've read the book, but super, uh, uh, rise uh, of Superman, the, the rise of Superman. Yeah. yeah. Amazing book, that flow state. And that's, that's yeah, the, the rise of stuff. Superman, but the rise of Superman, and then uh, Stealing Fire. I've so I interviewed that. Jamie Wheel. No, I've interviewed Jamie okay. Wheel, who's one of the co-authors of Stealing Fire. Cool. But for listeners, the flow state. Well, how would you describe the flow state? If you're describing that to a client, how would you? And then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, it's kind of like where uh, time stands still, and you have the ultimate focus, and nothing you do is wrong. Everything you do is is exactly the way you should be doing it, and nothing can really stop you it's it's your your perfection state and, and that's what what i love about about that and what i've kind of rediscovered with it is when you look at flow you're so focused on what uh, you're so focused on what you're doing you forget everything else and so as sam referenced i've started picking up i'm trying to to ride skate parks again on my bmx bike sam's you know when you surf when you're when you're dropping in on when you're going you're getting ready to go surf right now you're not worried about other things going on it's it's uh, the most present you have to be, and, and, and you're forced to be, and it's an amazing space that everybody needs to be in so they can kind of shut down that uh, uh, voice in your head and, and worrying about uh, the, the future and dwelling on the past and just that, that presence that we all need to be in to appreciate where we are and, and, and be grateful for, and, for that. And that's exactly why I've gotten back into mountain biking. That's why I've gotten back into that's BMX. It. It's just, it, it's that way to unplug. So for listeners, and, and we're going to wrap it up here because I'm just stealing Stan for a few minutes. We did a little bit of workout. He, Sam put me through a little bit of breath work. He put me through a little bit of mobility work. And I just want to kind of get his insights into why that's so important. Where would you, for, for you, Sam, for listeners that want to learn a little bit more either about mobility or about breath work, what would your recommendation, what do you recommend to your clients? 
I always tell them to explore the Wim Hof method. I really think it's a it's a great uh, opportunity to uh, find find a lot about yourself that you you may not have before. Um, that's that's a big one, and uh, you know, working with a little bit of what they've got at, at functional movement, uh, and um, again, uh, Erwan Lacour and uh, MoveNet do some really great things now. Those are kind of my my favorite places to go right now. All right. Well, Sam, I appreciate it. And for listeners, obviously, I'm going to have a little intro and everything, but I always enjoy, Sam is one of those guys that I always enjoy catching up. I know I say that about a lot of my guests, but he's one of the few people that I, that I really respect and, and I have like trained me. So real quick is uh, before I get in the wrap of that show, hey, if you have any uh, questions about exercise, the type of exercises that you can be doing at home or the types of workouts you can be doing in the gym, but you just don't know how. The book, Smarter Workouts, uh, Science of Exercise Made Simple, what I did with that is I, I organized exercise in three categories, mobility, strength, and metabolic conditioning. And for each one, I show you how to do workouts using only one piece of equipment. So if you're looking for exercise solutions that work, for exercise solutions that produce results, look no further than the Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. You can see the link to it down below in the show notes. If you're looking for exercise solutions, look no further than that. And if you're looking for equipment, if you want great equipment, if you, you know, if you love working out in the gym, but you also want to have some kit at home, some equipment at home, so you can get your sweat on without having to leave the house, check out TerraCore, TerraCoreFitness.com. The TerraCore is a whole fitness platform, one piece of equipment. TerraCore is recently featured on Shark Tank, and guess what? We got an investment out of it. Lori came on board as one of the sharks, so you're going to be seeing some great things from the TerraCore, and you... Yes, you as a listener of All About Fitness can be ahead of the curve. There's really going to be a lot of activity in 2020 around the TerraCore, but if you go to TerraCoreFitness.com and use code AAF, that's code AAF, you will save 15.15% on the purchase of a TerraCore. Again, go to TerraCoreFitness.com and use code AAF to save the purchase, save 15% on the purchase of a TerraCore. Again, this was just a short little episode. I was catching up with Sam. I did. I, I was out riding my BMX bike, actually, and I uh, went to a little skate park, and then I met up with Sam for a little workout. He put me through the functional movement screen. And also, it was right before I did a trip. It was uh, before a trip this year that I did a, a two, little more than a two-week trip to Asia, a couple parts in Asia. And one of the things that Sam and I were working on, he was giving me some mobility and some breathing exercises that I could do on my trip, and sure enough, they worked. You know, and I'm on the, and as I mentioned in the interview... You know, I, I've spent a lot of time studying fitness and various components of fitness. And when something new like breath work comes down the pike and people start talking about oh, breathing, I look at it and go, okay, I get it. I understand it. You know, the, you know, we have the diaphragm. We have various muscles that control respiration. Yeah, but I'm going to let other people, man. If I have a question on breath work, I'm going to call Sam. You know, he's taking a deep dive down that. I've spent a lot of time studying other stuff and I'm just kind of looking at it going, I don't, you know, I, and that's the thing that you have to look for in our industry, folks is sometimes people try to be an expert or jack-of-all-trades. And I'm more than willing to say, you know what? I'm going to let other people be an expert in breathwork. If, if I start working with somebody, if I start needing a little more information on breathwork, I know where to go. I know the resources. I know the experts I can tap into. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. But you know, we don't need to try to learn everything about everything that comes out in fitness. You know, If, if you're a trainer, try to identify what you want to be known for. What, what type of personal trainer do you want to be? What, what do you want to be known for and stay there? You know, if you're, if you're a fitness consumer, you don't need to try to every new fad. You know, if you're looking for something new, by all means, you know, doing something new can, can give you a little tweak or it can give you a new idea for your program. 
but we don't need to always change what we do. The point being is I can learn a little bit about breath work and a little bit about breathing and add it to my program. The other reason I wanted to have Sam on is a follow-up to the breath belt. You know, the previous interview was with a guy named Jesse Ollinger. Jesse was a former NFL kicker who created a way, not created, but it's a, the breath belt is like a, a breathing feedback system. So I wanted to have Jesse on. Jesse had a guest, you know, talk about, Jesse talked about the role of the breath belt. And so I wanted to have Jesse on talking about the breath belt. Then I also want to have Sam on talking about the role of breathing. So when I put these interviews together sometime or put these shows together, I try to sequence them like that so that you can kind of contextualize it. So in one interview, in the previous interview, you should have heard Jesse Ollinger talking about the breath belt. Then this episode, I had Sam Barry talking about the benefits of, of breath work and why we should be paying attention to our breath when we do exercise like strength training, mobility training, and other types of exercise that get the results we want. And that's something that, that I invite you to. If you, if you look at your program, you go, you know what? I think there's an area here where I can get a little bit better. Look for an expert like Sam, whether it's breath work or mobility or strength. Experts out there can add to your, you know, can add to your program. Sam's my go-to guy for, for mobility stuff and for breath work. You know, he really is. And I recommend that you find people out there. If you're a trainer, find mentors out there that can guide you along your path. If you're a regular fitness consumer, find friends, find a trainer. You know, if, you, if you've always, if you've looked at that and go, oh, why would I hire a trainer? If you've always thought, would I really, what, would I, what benefits would I get out of a personal trainer? Well, hopefully this conversation between Sam and I, two professional personal trainers shooting the breeze, can give you an idea of some of those benefits, especially by working with a personal trainer in our age range. You know, if you're in your 40s or 50s, I'd recommend you look for a trainer somewhere around my age, mid 40s, that's been doing this for 15, 20 years. I mean that. You know, yes, younger trainers can provide some decent insight, but I'm sorry, a 25 or 26-year-old, they can be smart, they can look great. <coughs> There's that cold again. A 25 or 26-year-old can be smart and look great. They look fabulous, and yeah, that's a little bit motivating, but they don't understand what it's like to live inside a 40-something body. You know, I watch young trainers at the gym try to work with people my age sometimes, and, and it's just kind of funny because the trainer will tell them to do something, and somebody my age will look at the trainer and go, yeah, right, that ain't going to happen. So it really, it, you know, for, for listeners out there, I would invite you, if you want to work with a personal trainer, if you want to try a personal trainer, try someone like Sam, try someone, uh, you know, my age or so with uh, the, our age in the late 40s, because we can relate to you a lot closer. And on that note, folks, this is going to be the first time I announce it, the first time I hear it, but I am finally, finally putting together some workout programs that you will be able to purchase and download for your own use. You know, as a host of All About Fitness, I am trying to share knowledge about fitness and about exercise, and I do get requests in. I get, you know, questions from listeners, and, and I value those questions. I really do. I honestly, I appreciate everybody that takes the time to write, especially if you have questions about exercise. But what I've decided to do is I've decided to start offering workout programs that you'll be able to purchase through my website, Pete McCall Fitness, here soon. So in the first quarter of 2020, be ready to see some workout. I'm going to do some workout programs for strength some workout programs for mobility, and some workout programs to help slow down the aging process. So keep an eye out on that. This is just a little, but for this episode, it's a little conversation about a couple different things. One, how fitness should change in your 40s. Two, understanding the role of breath in our exercise programs. And three, if you're going to work with a personal trainer and you're in your 40s or 50s, look for a personal trainer that kind of understands what your body's going through in this age of life or this stage of our life. So as usual, Guys, thank you so much. If, if you have a comment, if you have feedback, please email me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete 
at PeteMcCallFitness.com. And truly, thank you for taking the time to listen all about fitness. And I look forward to having you stop by for future episodes.